funny. Hello. I'm Vicky. I'm Lynn. And we're telling on ourselves. Yes. And, you know, we just had a fun little moment. Well, I was going to say, um, life is fortuitous, isn't it? If we if yes. we want to look at it that way. Yes. Because um, we... Um, we had some very important Vicky Lynn time this morning, just kind of catching up and talking because we haven't had a chance to in a while. And we're getting ready for the start of the recording. And Vicky said, I don't have a first thought wrong. I'm like, I'm sure I can think of one with work. And um, I literally had my head between my hands and I'm like, yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I so don't. we changed the rules and we just weren't going to do a first thought wrong. Well, and I said... Do we have rules about this? No, we don't have rules. We're doing what we want. We get to do what we want. This is our podcast. (laughs) We can do whatever the hell we want. We can ride whatever horse we want. So we started the recording and... um... And Lynn told us that we were going to practice these principles in all our affairs. And Vicky said, no, we're not. Not this time. That's next week. (laughs) I went, hold up. (laughs) All right. So here's what we're going to talk about. We are doing part two of step 12 breaking it down mm-hmm. and what happened oh i um i just skipped over maybe it was a subconscious freudian thing i skipped over the middle part of step 12 which is to carry the message to other alcoholics well why don't we read the whole step for everybody would you do that i would i can i see your book oh yeah of course. Changed pages. Lots of course. So um, the twelfth step is, and we should know this by heart, and we do. But I like to make sure that I read it. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we did that last week. This week, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics, and next week, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. All of our affairs. So I do have a definition for carrying the message. And it's, I don't know, it's kind of cool. It's simple. A bearer of news. And what's that a definition of? Carrying the message. Carrying the message. A bearer of news. Mm -hmm. So kind of like... You're the, you're the... You're the neon sign. Oh, the neon sign. See how I did that perfect circle? that's very full circle. I brought it right back. Oh, yeah. And um, so so this part, I think, is one of the most important parts of the entire program, wouldn't you say? I would, and it's um, interesting... Because when it happened, I'm like, all right, we got to stop for a minute and I got to reframe my whole thinking and do all the things. So I read, literally, I read two lines out of 12 and 12 and um, had this epiphany, the meeting I went to this morning. Um, we're reading as Bill sees it, and it's it's written, spoken in a language from 1930 or 42 or whatever. So sometimes it's very convoluted to our ears of today, and there's a lot of words in there, and it, it's real wordy. And it took us a while to kind of get to the the meat of it, of the um, reading of today. And basically, it was carrying the message Ooh. and how we are citizens of the world, and we have a certain responsibility. Um, one of the prices of sobriety is carrying the message. Yeah. And and for me, I just spoke at this, I spoke speak every six to eight weeks at a IOP, which is an intensive outpatient program for people that are in addiction. And it could be from several things, alcoholism, whatever. And we share our experience of our story, mm-hmm. quick little snippet. And um, what's so important about that is sharing your message, your personal message, and the truth of it really is 
an effective way to actually show that these steps work. And I'll tell you, because I spoke at another meeting, I told my story twice this week, and I there was a moment where I was talking about how the reason why we share our story is because we remember it. But one of the things that really, 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 really hit me when I first came in was that the people that were talking weren't lying. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but whenever I went to church or whenever I was involved in spiritual stuff, maybe they weren't lying either, but I didn't necessarily believe them. When I go to an AA meeting, and this has been since the beginning, a 12-step meeting, I believe people believe what they're saying in a way that, you know, I used to tell Pax, my son, uh, you can't lie to a liar, bud. (laughs) You can't bullshit a bullshitter. Yeah, and it's the same kind of thing. If you're telling me the truth, I can tell you're telling me the truth, right? Mm -hmm. So there's something about another alcoholic talking to another alcoholic and sharing what they went through that creates a trust and an understanding of, whoa, you mean you felt like that too? Right. And so first I'll say one of my very favorite science, um, lines and how it works is what we were like, what happened, and what we're like now. Yep. That is so powerful because we all have different stories, but it's really all the same story. Uh, we have different actions, circumstances, thing, things, but it's all in essence still the same. And finding those like-minded people that suffered as you suffered. When, when you're in your disease, you're alone, you're isolated, and you think there is no one in the world that can understand how you feel. And the beauty of that is that you get to meet this whole community worldwide of people that not only understand, they don't judge you, they love you, they accept you, and they want you to be better. Yeah, and there's something about when someone's telling their story or when you're at a meeting and someone's sharing an experience that you understand what's underneath the things Mm -hmm. or the situations. Mm -hmm. You understand that desperation of, for me, it was the not knowing how to drink responsibly and not knowing how to live without drinking. Right. There was a real like moment in my life when I walked down the hallway in my house and I saw my kids' room and my room was to the left and I wanted to be done with this world. Right. And I just said, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how not to get messed up because I do not want to think anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know I've shared this many times. I didn't, there was no hope. I mean, I was completely hopeless. And the one little light, that little spark of light was when I was around the right people that I needed to be around at that moment, I saw the belief in their eyes. Mm -hmm. I didn't have it. I had no hope. I had no belief. But I saw it in theirs. And thank you, God, I decided to trust them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what's so cool about carrying the message because there's something that you we hear that I hear in meetings a lot, and it says you might be the only example of the big book walking, right? The big book in real life and in Technicolor, and I think, ooh, that's why this part comes after after having had, you know after completing the steps. 
And after having a spiritual awakening, we can speak to that like nobody else. Right. Because but, we understand what it's like not to drink or not to be able to drink or having our addiction take over our lives. But we also understand what it's like to get through that. On the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And and to do it with vulnerability and humility and love. Because that's really what it's about. I'm going to tell you a story, and I um, just thought of this. Uh, at work, we have been using a lot of temporary workers, and there's one company in particular I use, and we've had really good luck with it. So one of my main guys was on vacation, so I got a prep guy to come in, and I did like one tester, and then I ended up booking him for the rest of the week. And he was young. He's like in his mid-20s. Sweet, sweet kid. And like the very first day I met him, um, I said, do you do seasonal work around? He goes, yeah, I'm originally from Reno. And it's just, there's a certain kind of vibe with those people. They're, they're my kindred spirits, you know, the wanderlust gypsies. And so we just kind of hit it off. And he was, again, such a sweet kid, um, hardworking, would do anything I ask and just real sincere. So I think it was the last day or second or last day, I don't know. And I was talking to a couple of the servers and um, somebody said something about drinking. And I said, yeah, if I still drank, this would be one of those days I probably would go home and have a giant tumbler of wine. And we were all laughing. She goes, you don't drink? And I said, no, I don't. And she kept, you know, when people don't understand, they're like, and not at all, never, no, you know, kind of the whys. And finally I went, I'm an alcoholic. And she went, oh, and I didn't say it in an ugly way. It was more just like, no, I'm an alcoholic. That's why I don't drink. I said, I'm recovering. I don't drink now. And she goes, so you can't drink at all. And I'm like, no, I I choose not to because I don't want to go back to that life. So I turn around and the kid that's working with me, he's waving and doing a thumbs up. And he said, me too. And he um, was coming up on like two years sober. So we had like the most amazing conversation. And, and one of the things that while we were talking about it, you know, he was saying how his life had changed and um, he wasn't quite suicidal. And I said, I, was, I wouldn't consider myself suicidal, but I do remember having a thought, it would be okay. I don't care if I don't live. Yeah. And he, to be able to have those kind of really deep conversations, and it's kind of in passing. And my sister has told me this before you normalize it. You normalize not only having those thoughts, and we do this when we share the message with other alcoholics, we normalize saying, it's bad. It's real bad. It doesn't have to be, but we understand how bad it gets. Well, and I was. There's no shame. Sorry. Right. And I was, uh, it makes me think of, I mean, this is a fatal progressive disease, right? And I was sharing with Lynn that a gentleman that was had been trying to get in the program did unfortunately take his life. And the fact of the matter is, is we can only, I can only be in this frame of mind if I continue to do the work. And one of the most important pieces is to work with another person mm-hmm. that is is working to arrest the disease within themselves. Right. And, you know, it's been 12 years. I did a TikTok the other day about why I still go to meetings, right? Mm -hmm. And why I go to meetings is because I need to remember. And because I still have this disease every single day of my life. So I wake up and here's what I'm going to say. It's a thinking disease. You'll, You'll learn if you decide to give the 12 steps a fair shake. And what it is, is I was trying to numb every part of me, my feelings, my thoughts, my obsessions with, I was trying to drown them out, Mm -hmm. right? With drugs and alcohol. So I didn't have to think and I didn't have to be in the energy. And it was just this perpetual cycle of pain, more pain, pain, more pain. And finally, when I learned 
that you could take that you can eliminate that, but you had to put something else in. And one of the things that you put in that I put in in my recovery is working with other alcoholics. Right. Yeah, we don't live in a vacuum and when you create a hole, which we are hoping that you do with sobriety, you gotta fill it with something. And um part of that something is as we like to say, to get it or to keep it, you have to give it away. And we, we get to be these shining lights of hope. You know, I always think, Vicky, when you talked about the lighthouse, you know, that's giving the beam of light out to the ocean to bring people home. Mm-hmm. All of us are lighthouses. Oh, yeah. We're all miracles. I mean, every single one of us, though we got here different ways. And this is something I've heard in three meetings this week. We didn't get here on a winning streak. No one that's walking in the doors is like, yippee, skippy, I get to join your club. Uh, It is not something that we um, wanted to grow up and become. Trust me. I sure didn't. No, um, I was just reading this passage in 12 and 12 and um, what what she just said. even though his character may still be gravely defective, somehow he knows that God has enabled him to make a mighty beginning. And he senses that he stands at the edge of new mysteries, joys, and experiences of which he's never dreamed. Well, and, and that is a really cool part of getting sober mm-hmm. and watching someone else do it because it is the best adventure. You, you're, you, you are brand new. You get a brand new chance to discover and be, mm-hmm. become who you want to become. Exactly. And it, yeah, it's totally a rebirth. Um, I In the meeting this morning, I shared about, I've really been struggling with work. And what I have found is that it's not the jobs that are being the problem. I'm the problem. Surprise. Because I don't set boundaries. I try to do everything. And then I get tired, overwhelmed, and resentful. So really been living in my defects here lately. And um, as I was talking to them about it, I said, you know, the beauty of this is, is that it's never too late. And I, and I can say, wait a minute, you know, one of these things is not like the other. It's not adding up. And it's happening faster. So my awareness is getting better. That's part of the growth. You know, I don't have to say, you know, Lynn, M.O., well, um, I'm, I'm out. I might just change jobs. I might change states. I might change countries. Who knows? But Who knows? I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do, I don't have to do yeah, that anymore. you're not anywhere. taking your ball and going home this time. <laughs> I don't have to do not this. Not taking your pack of knives <laughs> out the door. My knife roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, because with that self-discovery, I can do it with love and I can do it with grace and I can do it with compassion. I don't have to beat myself up about it. Yeah. Love to yourself, mm, right? Yeah. Foreign and, concept. And that's because you have practiced allowing other people to love up on you right. and and be there for you and show you that nothing is too big that you can't start your day over you can't ask for help you can i mean these steps work in a way that is so uh powerful and practical and profound it's it's beyond anything i could have mm. imagined i i really truly didn't think people could be at peace with themselves. Right. And again, sharing the message, I remember an epiphany that I had a while back when 
someone said that their new ism, their numbing tool is staying busy. And Vicky would, and I know I've said this before, but Vicky would always say, feelings can't hit a moving target. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, it was me. It was, you know, and, and I became aware of it when I was ready to become aware of it. But now I can also say that to people that I see suffering. I can say, this is what happened with me, and this is what I'm working on. I'm nowhere near perfect. I'm just working on it. My awareness has gotten a little faster. You know, my action's getting a little sooner, and I'm able to grow from this, and I can do it again with self-love and compassion, and you, you can too. Yeah. Because I'm showing you it's possible. Well, right. And what's amazing about working with others and what I've found in people that carry the message and that have carried the message to me, mm-hmm. it's that nobody's asking me to do something that they are not doing themselves. Right. In fact, they're not asking me to do anything. They are simply sharing what they did and what works for them. And what's fascinating about it is the 12 steps are very clear on what to do And in our literature, it gives us very detailed examples of opportunities to work the steps. Mm -hmm. But there's no wrong way to do it, in my opinion. I agree. And every person is different. It's kind of like um, parenting. And you have two kids, I have two kids, and they are extremely different, right? And you have to be a different parent to each of them. And you get to learn, and it's the same thing when you're carrying the message. And some days, your message, right? Your message today was about your defects and what you're doing to work through them. Mm -hmm. And every day is a new day, which is why one day at a time is such an important tenant of this program. I can't worry about what happens tomorrow. I do have to stay. I do get to stay in the moment if I choose. Right. And... It's. I've been talking to my sponsee about that very much, living in the moment. And she's like, you know, and there was this and this and, and talking in past tense. I'm like, and where are you right now? And it took me a couple of times and she goes, well, here. I'm like, and this is all we have. This is, this is our gift right now. This conversation that you and I are having, this is the magic. The magic isn't what happened a, a week ago, a year ago, 10 years ago. The magic is right now. And if you're so worried about what happened before... You're losing, you're losing this magic that we have. Well, you're just never in it. Mm-hmm. You're either on the outside looking in, right? You're on the outside looking at, oh, okay, well, I want to do that later. Mm-hmm. You're looking at something that doesn't even exist. Right. And what I, because I had had someone share that with me, bring that to my awareness, I'm able to pay it forward. You know, that's a, that's a big thing. For me, anyways, paying it forward. It's like I've been given so many wonderful things. So my repayment to the universe is to keep paying it forward. But you can't shove it down people's throats. And there's there's the other side to this coin is that if you're not ready to listen, if you're not ready to hear, not even listen, ready to hear, you're just not. It has nothing to do with what you do or don't do. It's just, it's not going to happen. Well, what I've, what I've come to understand is that people in in this world don't push it down your throat. Right. And it's a real interesting thing. And, and it's a real interesting thing as someone that is in recovery, that is a recovered alcoholic working the steps, that you watch people and you, you want to share, and you do, and you also get to let them come to you. Mm-hmm. So it's a dance between 
being welcoming and showing them options. This, these are the meetings. Recommend getting a sponsor. You know all the things that we recommend in general, and then allowing them to come and ask you, and allowing them to show up. And it, it's it's an interesting dance. It is a real and. You know, I'm going to actually contradict myself. If they're not ready to listen, they won't hear it. And that's not necessarily true because there was lots of things that I heard. I just wasn't ready yet, but I didn't forget them. Well, right. They're in your head. I, it, it's So yeah. 10 years before I, I really got right. sober, there was a meeting I went to. I didn't believe I was an alcoholic. I thought that it was. I was just going to placate my soon-to-be husband. And this man said something to me, and I am telling you, every time I had a hangover, I thought about this man. And what he said to me was, Vicki, I don't know if you're an alcoholic or not, but if you're here, there's probably something going on. There's probably a reason. Mm -hmm. And that one stuck with me. And whenever I was having a really bad, bad, bad time, down in the dumps, and I would say nine times out of 10, I was down in the dumps. It was around or with drinking. Right. And and it's it's this thing that when you know something, you can intellectually know, you can hear it, you can even understand what people are saying to you until you experience it or are willing to experience it and open your heart or open your mind or open up some part of you. I don't know what it is yeah. actually. You can hear it a million times over, but it until you get it into your body, until you practice it, until you show up some with some openness, I think open is the word, mm-hmm. that's when it starts to shift. That's when you start to change. And what's cool is so many people are patient with you when you don't understand. No. And well, what you were just describing to me was surrender and acceptance. Yeah. And no, it doesn't, it's, it's not just like magic. It doesn't just happen. But it, it's possible. Well, it is possible. And it's, I always say it, you, you just practice mm-hmm. and you get it wrong. Mm-hmm. It gets messy. You do it differently. You have different people that pop into your life for some kind of reason and they're at a meeting and they say something that someone said to you a hundred times and it just hits different. Well, even um, how it works. So we read how it works at the beginning of every meeting. Um Every time I listen to it, there's another part that pops out to me that is highlight. It's like there's a high, literally a highlighter in my brain that I see over a line or even a word sometimes. And it's like I'd never heard it before. It was like so brand new. That happens every single time. It's interesting. I was talking to some people that were not are not in the program, mm-hmm. uh, but we were talking about books that like these books that really stick, mm-hmm. that have these basic truths. And most of these basic truths are the same in, in these books. And a lot of them is, are about being in the moment, right? Right. But these books that stick that you can read, and they're like the four agreements. Mm-hmm. There is so much in there that I don't care where I pick it up, I learn something new. I can apply that to something new in my life today as I did six years ago, as I did 10 years ago when Absolutely. I first read it. And and that is the, um, I think that's the sign of a, a real spiritual truth mm-hmm. because it can be written in different ways, but it has the same, and, and sometimes I don't grasp it. 
I don't grasp mm-hmm. that spiritual truth. Mm-hmm. I hear it. I see it. I intellectually might understand it. But until I'm ready to be open to it, until I'm ready to hear it, until mm-hmm. I'm ready for it to hit me like that, mm-hmm. it doesn't land. Yeah, the and the essences of things for me. And you're right. It's it's all about timing and whatever's going on, whatever I'm struggling with or whatever I might have doubts about. Um, doubts is a big one, especially when we are trying to carry the message if you don't have doubts when you first start, then you're not being honest. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems impl- completely implausible, impossible. I mean, all the things. It's like you're telling me that all I have to do is do what these 12 steps tell me to do, and I'm going to be happy, joyous, and free. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And in, in, we've talked about the self-help books when you're still when you're still using or therapy. <laughs> and you know, I was in therapy when I was still using, it and I wasn't honest with my therapist. Now, how much do you think I got out of that therapy? Well, I bet you got something out of it. <laughs> I did, um, and it was the first step. Yeah. Towards- well, it was okay. So this goes this goes right to my practice theory, and so when I was sober, or when I was drinking in between my first stint and and my 10-year stint, I went to see a therapist. And she saved my life. I mean, she definitely helped me. And she helped me with a lot of things. But there was always something holding me back. And she, you know, I hid it because I didn't want my kids to be taken away. I had made made up all these stories about what would happen if I told her the real truth of what I was doing. And and it's so funny because she said, yeah, you would do so well and you would be working on things or you would understand things, but nothing would change in your life. Mm. And it's that honesty. It really all comes down to that yeah. rigorous honesty like they talk about. Yep. And being open and willing. How? H-O-W. Yeah. That's a, that's a tool that I've used since the beginning. They tell you to be honest, open, and willing. Mm-hmm. How do you get sober? How? H O W. Yeah. Yes, Bob. <laughs> it, it's that simple, and it's it's the paradox of it's so complicated and so um, big, but it's so simple. And and really, my advice to anyone that is first starting, uh, don't overthink it as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Just show up mm-hmm. and listen. And when you don't like something, just be like, "Hmm, that was kind of bullshit." And when you do. Hold on to that. And I guarantee you there will be things that you don't like at the beginning that you will be... One of them is gratitude. Mm -hmm. I was like, I am not grateful that I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) I am not grateful that I have to sit here at 8 o'clock on a Saturday morning to get sober. Like, this is BS. Now I love going to my 8 o'clock meeting. She's a little cray. Yeah, well. (laughs) (laughs) Those crazy morning people. Those crazy morning people. Yeah, um, there are so many uh, cliches and sayings in AA, but they're there because they're true. And yeah, I mean, what what did you just say a second ago about um, showing up? Oh, if you just show up eventually, right? you keep showing up. And the other one I just remembered is um, take what you want and leave the rest. Yeah. Because you don't have to agree with everything everybody says all the time because we don't. We We have our own brains. We have our own thoughts. We have our own will, um, you're not going to always agree with everything. And what we say in the program is we're, we're not asking you to believe everything. We're asking you to sit with what speaks to you and what is in alignment with your value system. And just show up. Yeah. And just put your put your bottom in that seat. Yeah. And so, okay, why would you say that carrying the message helps you stay sober? The, Lynn, this is my question yes. for you. Um 
what we often say in sponsorship is that when you are helping another person that's struggling, for me personally, it highlights the things that I still struggle with, the things that I have struggled with, and then the things that I could potentially struggle with. And when I say struggling with things, the things can be uh, resentment, they can be self-will, it can be ego, all these things, because we the other thing we say all the time is, you spot it if you got it. So that person that really annoys you or pisses you off, that is like a direct reflection that's just flying back in your face. It's like you're looking in the mirror and you see all the things that maybe you're not, that make you feel icky or you're not proud of, and, and you get like a whole human being right there in front of you <laughs> when you're sponsoring that's just reflecting all that stuff back. And then we get to choose, am I going to... Um, ignore it or am I going to do something about it? And the way I'm able to get past my own um, issues is that I help somebody else. And I learn so much in that in that um, uh, aid of another human. I'm learning how to really get past my own barriers. That oh, was, yeah. Is that a good, good? That was great. No, there's so much action-packed in that uh, response. And here's the thing, it, what it made me think of is... Well, God talks to you through you. I'll say that all the time. And when I need to hear something, it's no coincidence that I'm working with someone that is going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. And what it reminds you of, and I I heard this in a meeting this week, is when we ask, when we recommend something, when we suggest something, when we share something with, with a sponsee or even someone at the table, we also can't make that recommendation unless we've done it or are willing to do it, mm-hmm. right? So it's usually for me, I'm very aware of why is this coming up? What is this a mirror of in my life? And, or is this just a reflection of, wow, look how far you've come, Vic. Right. Like, holy cow, you used to do that all the time. Yeah. And you're not even, that doesn't even make you itchy anymore. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I'm doing in, in therapy right now is the brain spotting. And basically it's it's finding some trigger tra- trauma triggers in your brain that are like in, in our brain stem so far deeply seated that our frontal lobe isn't even aware of why we snap at somebody or why when somebody does something, you immediately want to run away because, you know, we all have our, our triggers. And what it's doing is what she just said. It's putting distance between it so you eventually get to the point where you might recognize it and you're like, huh, huh look at that. That used to really bother me, and I didn't even have a, a flinch this time. It's and powerful stuff. It's so powerful. And and so for the people that aren't struggling with an addiction that are listening to this, you know, the, the part of growth that I think is so important to me is that I don't want to respond like that anymore. So when I notice that there's something that's not working in my life or when I notice that I'm responding in a way that's just shitty to other people or when I'm feeling a certain way, when I'm thinking like some made-up thoughts about a situation, mm-hmm. oh, they didn't like me or they they thought I was being too much or whatever, right? I get to look at things and really just see, is this true? It's that discernment of, is this true? And if it's not, what else is there? And when I'm alone in my thoughts and when I'm isolated, especially in my disease, I am never having those conversations. No, no, no. It's way too buried, too, too deep. And the we of the program is what really is the hmm, safety net of me staying where I'm at. Mm-hmm. 
which is clean and sober. And hello, even when I'm having a bad day, I have a migraine today. I don't feel good. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do this, but talking about this has energized me to no end, which is why carrying the message for me is so important because it lights me up. It it reminds me that there's hope. It reminds me that there, there's strength, that there's worthiness, that there's opportunity, that there is so much that I can do to shift where I'm at in the moment if I show up. Yeah, just show up. Show up for duty. Showing up for duty. That's right. <laughs> duty, 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 duty. <laughs> <laughs> And sometimes you just have to have juvenile humor to get you through. (laughs) Oh, what? Was that duty humor? (laughs) Well, do you have anything, any golden nuggets of today? Any golden nuggets? Um, Vicki, you you said so many good things and I didn't have a piece of paper to write anything down. Mm, You were in the moment. I was in the moment. You you know what? You were more in the moment than I've seen you in a real long time. It's been a good feeling. So maybe not knowing what you were going to talk about <laughs> is a good thing. Ding, 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 ding. That's my golden nugget. But I like to be prepared. I like it like that. <laughs> I like it like that. Yeah, she does like to be prepared, which is weird for a cancer, I think. It is. Yeah, it's very, it's, it's very Virgo-esque. No, that was a survival tool. Yes, I know. Oh, I know. And it's part of being a cooker because when you cook and you're a chef and you have to prepare for many people, you have to be prepared. So it's just a skill. It is a skill. That I don't have. (laughs) (laughs) But she's a go with a flow, my kind of girl. (laughs) Oh, yeah. If you want me to just throw some stuff on a table, I will throw it down. And I, I always think about... Poor, our poor, poor friend Chelsea. We were doing a workshop, <laughs> and she was in my group with with our sponsor Dar. So Dar and I are very much like, yeah, we'll figure it out, whatever. And, and Chelsea's like, they have a PowerPoint. <laughs> she almost lost her mind. I'm like, well, it'll be fine. Let's back it up. Let's back it up. So we were doing, we did this really cool meditation uh, workshop for our district, and. One you know, one group did like question and answers and was more interactive with people sitting and it was a teach teaching moment. Mm-hmm. Another one was in a room and it was a meditation experience and they played the music and they did a, a meditation. Another one was sharing about the mudras. Another one was doing a walking meditation. We all had brought something different to the table and Chelsea was newly sober and Chelsea is the kind of person that has different highlighters for different topics in different her. Different post-it note colors. Oh, yes. Yeah. She is very organized. So organized. She is on top of her stuff. So so she was in you know that judgment place of, oh, God, they did a PowerPoint? Oh, my God, what are we going to do? And, and everything was perfect the way it was. But it's such a good experience as a newcomer mm-hmm. to see other people function in different ways and some people need that. And and usually you're paired up with the right person. <laughs> well, and um, I will say that I did not give enough credence to um, the lack of pre-organizing what kind of stress that would bring upon her. <laughs> I really did not. And I, and I still make amends to her for that because, I mean, she was like this close to panic attack. <laughs> and darn I'm like... Eh, whatever, we'll figure it out. Because I am one of those people, if it's something that I believe in and I know a little bit about, I can get up in front of people and talk for 20 minutes, no problem. Oh, yeah. 
no problem. Yeah. Um, so and that's what I was going to do. I'm like, I don't really know what I'm going to say, but it'll all work out. It'll be fine. And she's just like deer in the headlights. Like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> right, right. And it's it's just that's what's also so cool about carrying this message because mm-hmm. we're all so different, mm-hmm. but so much the same. And 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 people's strengths. I don't know. I feel like there's such a cool thing. There's a part in the big book that talks about we are from very different walks of lives, but we come together because of the same message and the same issue and the same whatever. And it's so beautiful to see the dynamics. But if you work the steps the same way, like if you if you work the steps, if you have this common interest, there's so much cool created from it. So much so cool much. stuff. Yeah. Beauty and growth and love and fun and joy. Because when I came into these rooms and people were laughing, I thought it was a bunch of BS. Oh yeah, they were. Yeah, they were totally faking it. Yep. But then you realize they were fakers. And oh, liars. they're really. They're really. <laughs> they really are happy. Whoa! What's that all about? Maybe. I maybe I do want to keep coming. Yeah. And that's the gift that we get by sharing the message. That is a gift that we get. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, please share this with a friend if you think they would... Carry this message. Yeah, if this would help them. And like and follow and email and do whatever, all the things. We love you. We want to know what's going on in your life. And um, thanks for being a listener. Thank you for showing up and supporting us because we really do. You know, I think we would do this if we didn't have any listeners because it's that good for us. But thank you. Yes. All kinds of love. Big love. It's a love fest. (laughs) Love fest, baby. (laughs) All right. Oh, that's that's love shack. Yeah, we're out. (laughs) Drive out.